Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Then when you come to know the teachings more, 
the awareness, the understanding, the wisdom and the compassion become that spaciousness. Spaciousness becomes the nature of your life. Spaciousness is the natural great peace. The spaciousness is the peace of mind. The spaciousness is the wisdom. Spaciousness is the compassion. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Soigrin Ponch, who was really reminding us about the importance of being spacious. It's on Monique Rhodes' Heartbeat album. I hope today finds you in a good spirit and you are asking life's most important questions. One in particular um, that has been coming up quite frequently within the last decade is what actually happens to us after we die, pass on. We've recently just lost a very dear friend, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who has been a voice of change and evolutionary thinking for quite some while. And it it, it intrigued me because our community, whether it's the Brahma Kumaris or um, evolutionary leaders or motivational speakers, folks who have known Barbara Marks Hubbard for quite a long time, we're all echoing the same sentiment. She'd, she's not gone. She's feels like she's just changed her body and she's going to come back and continue her work in another one. And where I might deeply believe that is true, there's still quite a number of us globally who still um, are perplexed. We're perplexed about what really happens to the soul. Uh, We see the body going six feet under. Some of us also cremate our physical body. But there is something that might be subtly, psychically, spiritually also taking place trying to help us to understand why we're actually here you know because when people die nature sometimes reacts um a story at a picnic a woman that was grieving the loss of her five-year-old child sees a small bird land on her breast and the bird stays there until she shoes it away the act actually was a symbolic act of her finally letting go of her baby. And there was another story about a woman's favorite flower that blooms after her death in the dead of winter. Can you believe that? And do you all remember the Pulse Massacre? It was the Orlando Vigil outside. Um, Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts was attended by thousands of people. Now, a bell tolled for each of the 49 victims killed when a man opened fire in the Orlando Gay Bar Pulse, and I think it was in June of 2016. And as the names were being read, a photographer had snapped a picture, and he saw a flock of exactly 49 birds flying overhead. Hmm. So what actually happens to us when we die? 
or what I would like to say, when the soul leaves the body? It's an age-old question for which religions have provided answers with faith and little proof. Governments have spent millions and millions of dollars on health and scientific research, but almost nothing on the death transition we will all go through. What do you believe? What do you understand? I'm going to be having a conversation with one of our incredible instruments in the Brahma Kumaris. Today I'm joined by Dr. Prashant Kakodi to discuss reincarnation and the immortality of the soul. Dr. Kakodi has a background in surgery and integrated health. He has practiced Raja Yoga meditation with the Brahma Kumaris for approximately 35 years and currently coordinates the Brahma Kumaris activities in Cambridge, England. His main interest is in the relationship between the psyche, emotions, behavior, and health. A well-known figure on the World Speaker Circuit, Dr. Kokodi lectures on various topics ranging from science and consciousness to the holistic principles of life and health. He has spoken on these subjects in many countries and institutions, including the World Health Organization and the Medical Teaching Program within the United States. Today, we're very happy to welcome Dr. Prashant Kakodi to the air. Hi, brother. Glad to have you. Hi. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you. I'm I'm always inspired by individuals who dig extra deep to find those jewels, you know, um, so many of us are still kind of scathing on the surface, and that's fine. But there's so much to discover if you go a little bit deeper. But before we go into the whole conversation of reincarnation, share with us a little bit about how you got interested in Raj Yoga meditation. Was it some near-death experience that you were having, or you know, how did it actually emerge that your soul and body took you into the study of Raj Yoga? Yeah, sure. This is uh, many years ago, many decades ago now. Uh, now I'm 64, so when I was 14 years of age, <clears throat> there was interest to to know the world beyond the limits of science. And maybe we all are in this generation excited with science and and that was going on but i also knew that there is something more that that is there and science cannot um, help us to know this so that that was the uh, initial uh, seed and then as time progresses many many things that happen and that just supports that search and drive until, uh, in my case, I came across this institution, Spiritual University. Mm, Beautiful. And how has it actually impacted your life? Yes, this question was asked uh, in another place recently. And uh, one way I can say is 180 degrees turned round. <laughs> and this is what we can say. Mm. It's nice when we actually have an awakening and begin to shift the way that we see the world outside of us. Now, as a doctor, what have been your views, especially of late, of the healthcare industry? America functions so much differently than India does. Um, and I believe the UK, Canada, Japan, for example... So when you look at the healthcare industry now, is it really helping us to become emotionally, spiritually, and physically healthier? You know, in, even in the research in the health, and uh, if we see the statistics, what is happening uh, by our present model, and the way we see life and health and illness. We are investing trillions of dollars, and uh, lots of clever people are working in this field. Um, and every year, so m- much research and publications happening. And after all this, today we have more illness 
than even 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Exactly. And why Just is that? Just in the last... Hmm? Uh, why is that? Because we have not understood the real reason for illness, and uh, our model has got limitations. If mm. we got a system of medicine that ignores, say, heart, for whatever reason, then that system will be incomplete. Mm. So we haven't mm. got all the factors clearly, and uh, we work <clears throat> very, very intensely at a rather gross level, as if yeah. we are dealing with the symptoms and not dealing with the deeper reason. I remembered uh, talking to an executive for a very, very big insurance company, which I will not mention, um, but he said that if everybody got healthy, the healthcare industry or the insurance companies in particular would go under. And so their aim isn't really about curing people. And it was shocking uh, because they knew that. And I, I got that instantly when he told me, and that's why I feel that as individuals we have to take care of our own lives, psychically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And um, a lot of us are now kind of leaning over to why certain things happen to us, um, why do we encounter certain illnesses, especially, um, Dr. Kokodi, when we feel like we've been good people. So that moves me into our conversation on reincarnation, which I know is an area of interest to you. And I know this tends to be a controversial subject as well. Not many people in the world are actually um, researching and diving deeper into this idea. They might hear about it, but to actually pump in millions or billions of dollars to try to understand what is the soul, how do we function, why are we here, um, that, I think, needs a lot more room of interest. So some people believe in reincarnation and some don't. For our listeners who may not be familiar with this topic, could you share what is reincarnation to you? Sure. I know for the time being, let us go beyond belief and let us see uh, the information that is seen by the researchers. You know, you've got an institute here not very far in the University of Virginia. Uh, in the institute is called Division of Perceptual Studies. And uh, Ian Stevenson there, who was a psychiatrist, who studied the cases of children who remember past lives. And over a period of time, he has got thousands of cases where children remember past lives. Now, Ian Stevenson and Dr. Jim Tucker and their team, there are, uh, these are like a proper scientists and have got a very clear methodology uh, and they are, they are not trying to prove a belief. They just want to know the facts, what is happening in the children. And they are seeing a very, very you know, interesting pattern when they are, you are studying thousands of cases from different countries and different cultures, and lots of them from this country itself. And more cases constantly come to them, they say. You know, and these are cases where children and uh, parents are in approaching the this institution, telling them that they they're uh, not three year old, four year old. You know, he, what he is doing, and uh, and the people from this research team they visit them, they study them, and sometimes they have found forty facts, fifty facts that this child is talking about, it matches with the reality of the other life, which means, in some cases, they know almost mm-hmm. everything of the other life. And then mm-hmm. they also try in these studies, they try to see what is the different ways we can explain this, and um, very compulsive evidence is that there is the soul that is 
whatever word we use, a consciousness or soul, but there is an factor mm-hmm. that is um, traveling there, and that is not the brain, and that is not at a physical level. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you that I believe in it? Because even in my own moments of reflection and even quietude, I get thoughts, Prashant, and I get feelings, and they're no way connected to what I have seen, heard, or felt here and now or in this lifetime. And I think about it, and I always wonder about parents who actually have the karmic experience of a child that will tell them, you know, I had a different mommy, or I was married with three kids, or I died here, or I died there. And I'm like wondering, what is the blockage for souls? What do you think is the blockage for souls to not accept that the soul is a living energy that inhabits the body and plays out a part, and that it's so important that we recognize performing actions that don't give sorrow actually ensures the soul for having many, many more experiences of happiness for the future. What do you think the blockage is that we're not able to even remotely think that there is a really strong possibility that that universal law or nature is true? Yes, it is like a different um, different thinking. We need to think in a very broad perspective. And at present, we are not seeing the big picture. We are as if you know, the society you know, trains us to get caught into small things, think about the same thing over and over again, the cyclical thoughts about things. All of that prevents us from having this bigger view of our journey, life. It is almost like, you know, one person just can see today and another person says, no, i got another many years to lead, uh, live, and so I have to plan for the next 20 years as opposed to thinking just of today. Let me have a mm-hmm. party today. At present, mm-hmm. the society is taken in that direction, thinking just very much in a in a smaller level picture. If we train ourselves to see the bigger map of our journey, then many things become obvious that mm. we are we are travelers, and this is part of a much longer journey. And uh, is that why you believe in reincarnation? Is it an awareness that you walk around with pretty regularly, day by day? that you know you come back and you play out maybe another part and the actions that you have performed uh, will have some sort of a consequence in your future or, you know, it's just something that you're developing along the way? Yes. It is now beyond belief. It is very obvious and real at a personal level. But, uh, once you know that there is a journey, then obviously there becomes a, uh, you can't ignore it. That whatever uh, we always plan for tomorrow, and if there is tomorrow, I have to plan for it. So if once you understand there is a journey and there is a future beyond this life, then to start with, it creates a certain shift in your attitude, you become mm-hmm. deeply secure. Otherwise, mm-hmm. this fear of end and death uh, subconsciously you know, distracts us. We don't like it. We never accept it. And um, that creates in all human beings a very complex personality. And uh, its roots are in this uh, insecurity. That's why the greed and addictions and whatever people are doing, including violence, its roots are at that level. That mm. there is, they are trying to fight this uh, insecurity that is 
uh, in them. When you understand you don't die, and in a true sense, beyond harm, you know, if there is a journey, you continue, then uh, even death cannot harm you, right. then nothing else can harm you. This might, be a, this, might, this might be a silly question, but um, if I were to ask you, uh, are you afraid of death? Would you be honest internally, deeply to say, you know, I'm not? Definitely, you know, there will be <laughs> some factor of uh, uh, fear and that, that mm-hmm. will be there. There are some attachments, ego, that are, and they don't like this, that. But there is definitely a huge shift. You know, the things, uh, yeah, there is a difference. So mm. many times, been in situations where it could have been a death, you know, at, uh, more recently, but also in the last few years. And um, it was good to observe that uh, during those situations, reactions were different. There mm. was no fear. Mm. That's a very, very honest response. Thanks so much. Um, friends, if you're joining us on air, I'm having a conversation with Dr. Prashant Kakodi, who is enlightening us a little bit more on the concept of reincarnation. He's been practicing Raj Yoga meditation with the Brahma Kumaris for just about 35 years. And so now he continues to take um, his spiritual study even to deeper levels as well. Um, I've heard of researcher Jim B. Tugger. turns out that you and I ended up connecting or knowing about this particular scientist. And he's been collecting data that demands a more you know, clear answer in terms of what happens to soul after death. And coincidences were involved in bringing, I guess, Dr. Tucker to the work um, that he's now promoting very actively in his career at the University of Virginia. And I believe that Ian Stevenson uh, needed someone to also carry on his reincarnation work from the university. And at the age of 77, I think he passed away and time came and he handed over this research and this project to Jim Tucker. Now, my curiosity about this is to find out, do you think the scientific community will really help us to understand the deeper subject um, or, or the deeper awareness of what reincarnation is? Do you think they will be able to assist us, or is this something that each of us individually will experience at some point in our lives on our own? Yeah, you know this uh, institution uh, in Virginia, where Jim Tucker is the director, uh, and uh, the, the heads the team of research. They got evidence beyond beyond any doubt about this subject of reincarnation, but many other subjects they are studying in an extra-corporeal existence of the human being after that and out-of-body experiences. And they are studying the whole area of this paranormal with the absolute authority they can tell what is going on. Uh, in, in one sense, you just need one good case to really uh, show what happens. It is a bit like mm-hmm. you just need to eat one grain of sugar to know that it is sweet. <laughs> you don't That's need true. to eat every grain that exists in the, on the planet of sugar. In the same way, one case of real, in, you know, authentic study is enough, but they've got thousands of cases. But having said that, you asked about science community. Within the field of science, people have admitted uh, very, very directly that if they accept this study and the findings of this study to be true, then whole science will have to be revamped. We will have to make different theories and teach children different knowledge altogether. 
and are we prepared for it in a mm-hmm. are we going to go for this now or are we going to postpone it but not just that if this is true like some professors you know in the science world they say then all of us are wrong if instruments mm-hmm. and is right then we all are, all are wrong and you know, it also means many departments in this world may have to close down and uh, that enormous research is going on in so many fields they that has to be stopped because it is now different game we may have to do research about the soul rather than trying to discover if big bang really happened or something like that are you optimistic there are factors in one is the optimism that scientists will change but what happens is there are ego that are that is also involved in this we create ego based upon our own ideas ego based upon our position and ego is helplessly selfish and ego will never admit what is right or what is true to be true ego has got his agenda so mm. even in the field of science just as in politics if when ego comes in ego is not free to embrace what is right or what is genuinely good for this community ego just thinks of itself mm. so in understanding these factors in the equation then we have to proceed and we mm. have to uh, as you said at the beginning we have to do our own um, little judgment and uh, take steps because we can't wait for the ego of others to give us permission we that's why to... i asked you the question because i asked you the question if you're optimistic because we've seen even just within our own lives ego seems to be the last one of the last lower vibrational levels of consciousness to leave our personality. <laughs> and then, you know, you're looking at, you know, hundreds of thousands of scientists around the world who will have to say um um nothing that we've done really has merited this reality, this truth. And they would have to really perhaps come to some kind of an awakening that by knowing this concept of reincarnation the world will become a better place um maybe they will begin to dismantle nuclear armaments maybe um all weapons of destruction will start to be buried on the ground maybe um husbands and wives will stop fighting maybe children will stop wasting hours in these violent games that they're playing and when you do that the whole economy changes dr kokodi I mean are we even spiritually emotionally mentally ready for that kind of a change and will we be able to see that in our lifetime It is happening and mm. uh, yes it has and there is no other option mm. other option is just making the ego bigger and the ego is destructive so change is happening and it will uh, gather momentum and the mm. change towards the subtle and the spiritual it will become exponential right well you know a lot of people have various misconceptions about everything in life it depends on what's recorded in your being um in the way that you interpret things outside of you and we've reached a point or we're reaching a point that we're trying to get to a more deeper place of self-respect so that we can honor each other's ideas but still leave room for growth and possible transformation. Um I met a man last year who was dying of terminal cancer and he had never met anyone like me in a white sari or m- much less somebody who was Indian and just all of these things much less someone in meditation and spirituality. Long story short, he walked everywhere with his King James Bible. Love this man. And one of his reservations is that he thought being Indian, I must be a Hindu, that he says, "Well, your god says that you take a birth or a life in animals." And and I, my god doesn't teach me that. So, 
Some people do believe that the soul can incarnate in animals or in plants. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. In in this study by by the division of perceptual studies, they got twenty four thousand cases over the last fifty years, and uh, and uh, all these cases, not one of them had uh, experience of being in an animal life before. They all talk about having a human existence in the in the past and it also means that uh, they can tell you know these all these 24 25000 cases they can cross the boundaries which means they can go from one country and be in a completely different country next but can be in completely different gender not race religion gender and uh, family of course you know so we can cross the boundaries but not one there is a, a experience of being an animal so that gives us the insight possibly human soul needs a human body it may be that uh, animal souls they need those kind of bodies you know in other words cats need the body of a cat and uh, birds need the body of a bird but do we stay at uh, in the same species mm-hmm. just like a mm-hmm. pilot needs an aeroplane and a lorry driver needs a lorry can right. be a green lorry can be a white lorry but he needs a lorry <laughs> so then would you say that um as a human soul we leave the body and we take the another body. Um, how do we end up changing genders, religion, economic you know, standings in the world, languages, color of the skin, race? Um, is there something that we are clear on what we're doing now that's actually creating those sort of a manifestation of, of matter? Mm-hmm. In these uh, science studies, uh, the one thing they know is we do change. That is clear. Also, other factors that they can see that larger majority of reincarnations happen in a lower social hierarchy, which means we go down. And, and uh, social hierarchy, in every culture, there is a hierarchy of some kind. So in one birth, they may be you know, having a good education, good family, good sort of uh, social and financial life. Next birth, it goes down. Social uh, ladder, they find oh. the majority goes down. Mm. And uh, how can we explain this? And having said that, we also see that there are some cases it stays at the same level or it goes up. And in cases where it goes up, it is when they had died at a, as a child, at a younger age. Mm. If someone has lived a full life, then the pattern, you know, the, what is seen in Virginia, the pattern is they tend to go down the hierarchy. Now, you know, if we uh, are to explain this, how can we explain it further? You know, mm-hmm. we can see that uh, after the age of 18, you know, a person is free to take his own decisions and is um, free to buy cigarettes and alcohol. Now, this freedom that we get is used to spiritually, you know, go down the spiral. We use that freedom to feed the lower consciousness within us. And so when that is the culture that is created, you know, use Mm. freedom to indulge, you know, and that is one life you got, you know, get trapped more and more. 
Now that kind of life will reflect at the outer level and that will also be in a the shift in the hierarchy. But in children, when they die as a, at a young age, seen from the spiritual perspective, they have not created bad karma. You know, their just whole life was settlement of their past, birth and death is always painful. And then they die again. So all this short life they lived, they have settled the karma and they have not created more attachments. Mm. And so they are sort of free to to move temporarily up. Not because they have done any good karma, but they have settled the negative account. Oh, that's well said. I really appreciated that. Uh, so that means, let's say, I'm in my 50s, and if I continue to do the kind of work that I do in my life, which is to create positivity and, and you know live a good life, not bring harm to the animals or to the earth, even if I left my body at 90, are you saying that I would climb up? I would have a better life, economic standing, respect, health, good a good intellect that does good in studies and all of that? On top of it, we also need to uh, introduce some some disciplines that takes us actually in in the soul awareness, you know, or we have to take steps to reduce our attachments, reduce our ego, uh, along with other. Being nice and kind is one level, but we also need to be a deeper level, right? Mm. At present, we are not, society is not soul conscious. That's why the ego is the in the driving seat. And here we need to bring about this change, and that guarantees, you know, it is almost like you are moving up the spiral internally. And as if your consciousness has moved up, that will reflect in the outer shift. Mm, I love that. That sounds shift great. That's very soothing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So then, is it safe to say that it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Chinese, um, Middle Eastern, it doesn't mean that you're in a low birth. It's really a matter of character, respect, standing in a society? Yes, this all this is like a, a outer body, you know. It is just like kind of color hat you are using. The real person is completely different, mm-hmm. you know. But wherever we are in in this uh, world, at present we have a huge room potential to bring about a big shift. That's why we were saying at the beginning, 180 degrees turned round. That is possible. And this happens by knowing that we are from a different world. We are temporary guests in this world and temporarily associated with everything here. Mm-hmm. One who says it himself is invisible. And that, that's why that uh, shift of consciousness is, he has got a little challenge in this to grasp that invisible you which, who is using the body as if someone is using a shoe or a hat. Body is just like an instrument that is used, but one who is using is invisible and from a completely different world. Mm, love that. And mm-hmm, to continue. Stay in that awareness, in a, that has, it may be for even a minute, that has power to reduce our old, older consciousness. You're talking about God? In this case, soul, soul awareness. Soul awareness, a, okay. Yeah, 
But as the soul wakes up, he comes to know more um, about his his world, his uh, you know world of God, and his mm. uh, company with God. He will know more about it as he wakes right. up. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we're coming to an end to our show, and I can't end without asking one last question. Um, some people feel that it's beneficial to have a past life regression because you've got some children who are telling you of their past lives and and giving insights into things. There are some um, cases that I've heard where even the the soul that reincarnates comes back and tells um, officials like the police force or um, I forgot what word, you know, that they actually will tell the the police force or whomever who actually killed them. So some people feel that it is beneficial to have a past life regression conducted to help them with the current life challenges that they're enduring. Is it really necessary? Is it helpful? Would you recommend it? I personally not. Um, because all that we need to know is does reincarnation exist and if we have understood this then we have to look into the future we don't need to go into the past that is not in a true sense spiritually beneficial to look into the future is more beneficial Thank you for that. I know that a lot of people have asked this question. Dr. Prashant Kukodi, I know you're going to be speaking at the Meditation Museum on Thursday, and I'm hoping that um, all of our friends will come out and listen to some of the words of wisdom that you'll have to share. And the topic, I believe, will be on clearing your emotional clutter with Dr. Prashant Kukodi at the Meditation Museum April 25th at 6.30 to 8 p.m. Dr. Prashant, thanks so much. Have an incredible, beautiful day. And thank you for being so sincere, honest, and gentle. It's a pleasure. And looking forward to the talk on Thursday. Okay. Take care. And Om Shanti. Bye-bye. Om Shanti. I loved his clarity. And uh, you could sense just from his whole vibration and presence that you know, he's just a man that speaks from a truth place and a place of reality. So hopefully today's conversation on reincarnation helped to offer some more insight on how we need to live in this lifetime and what we can do in this lifetime. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Here's Paul Leftenegger, The World, in honor of International Earth Day. And the world goes around and round on a maxis in the And it rotates in such a way There are 24 hours to every day And 365 days to the
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.